0: Cloud and Clear. The podcast by Sada for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan.
1: Robert Harper, yes, Director of Channel Sales, Google Cloud. Thank you for hosting us here. Thanks new, for having me. Wonderful new Google Cloud building in Chicago. Yes. On location.
0: Yeah. All Google Cloud, all the time.
1: Welcome to Cloud and Clear. Thank you. Thanks for agreeing to do this. I know we have some meetings later today, but you know, whenever I'm together with a new leader at Google, I like to spend some time getting your view uh, of the ecosystem. So Cloud and Clear is really for everyone. It's for partners, for customers, just for the uh, the market at large. So. Um, you know, I think what, what the market wants to hear from someone like you who's kind of had a career that's led him to Google Cloud and has joined Google Cloud relatively recently is kind of what that journey has been like. Yeah, so
0: if you, if you look at my career, so I started my career at Citrix Systems back in the, in the 1990s. And uh, at, at that time, Citrix wasn't even known as Citrix. It was known as Citrus Systems. Really? Everyone thought we were an orange juice company because we were <laughs> headquartered in Fort Lauderdale. So they changed the name to, to Citrix. And, um, you know, at that time it was based on OS2. Mm. And uh, it wasn't until Citrix moved to Windows and licensed the source code of NT from Microsoft, that really the company started to take off. Mm -hmm. So I held a variety of different roles over there, started out on the the technical side and then moved to the dark side of sales, and um, spent 14 years of my career at Citrix. I found myself in Fort Lauderdale, but moved to Raleigh, North Carolina because I was handling IBM globally. Mm -hmm. And so I was always in New York, or -hmm. I was always in North Carolina in RTP because of the SystemX. Mm -hmm. uh, team that was there. And so, uh, have been there ever since. Um, now, um, I am obviously moving, uh, to Chicago, Mm -hmm. uh, with Google. And, um, and that's something that, uh, my family's uh, very excited about because my wife is from Chicago. She was born in Elgin, uh, not far from the city of Chicago. And, uh, and so now I'm running partners, uh, and for Central, and then also for Canada, for Google. In between there, I also had some different roles. I was at VMware for four years where I ran the GSI side, but also ran the East Coast sales team around end-user computing. Mm -hmm. Um, Also moved over to Box, uh, where Box was really trying to figure out how to engage with uh, regional system integrators and NSIs and GSI's. so started that program for Box. Most recently, I was at a company called Delphix, uh, where I ran global alliances and also global channel sales for them
1: and uh, happily i'm over at google right now 13 years at citrix can we just talk about how revolutionary citrix was
0: yeah it was uh yeah at that time there was no one that did what what citrix did right and so we would obviously get asked the question who's your biggest competition and the biggest competition was just those companies
1: that didn't want to try something new
0: didn't want to try something revolutionary didn't want to bring innovation into you know what uh you know they were doing from an it standpoint
1: you probably didn't know this about sada but Back in about 2003, 2004, when our primary business became sort of managed services at a local scale, we were trying to figure out how to expand beyond LA and how to do it in a way that uh, was sort of uh, was scalable, that we didn't have to hire a bunch of people, have a lot of trucks with equipment on them, right. managing local infrastructure. We actually moved two of our managed services customer, uh, customers to a LA data center with their email, documents, office applications, and served them through Terminal Server and Citrix. Okay, nice, nice. <laughs> like this dumb, dumb terminal concept.
0: Yeah, so little known fact, back in 2002, um, so I co-authored the very first Citrix book. And mm. uh, yeah, so it was myself, an individual by the name of Ted Harwood, mm. uh, who was from Southern Wine and Spirits, and then also someone from, from Microsoft. So it's 950 pages long. Holy. It helps cure insomnia. So if uh, you have problems sleeping, you can actually still buy it today.
1: Nine hundred fifty pages. Yes. What's the name of the book for the audience?
0: It's a, it's a really really
1: long book, but if you just Google Rob
0: Harper comma Citrix, you you, uh, you will find it. But <laughs> I don't want people to buy it because it is so outdated, and people do still do buy it today, and then they get upset because it is so outdated.
1: Maybe I'll buy it just to have you sign it and have it. Tomorrow. That would
0: be fantastic. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, back then there was only one Citrix book, so we would go to different conferences, yeah. and people would want us to sign the book, yeah. which was, was which was deal. pretty funny.
1: But that was revolutionary actually for us as well because it actually expressed what our vision of the future would be like, which is like, look, it doesn't make sense to have all this on-premise infrastructure, all these offices you have to go to to do preventative maintenance. What if we could centralize everything? Of course, quickly we found out how actually expensive and challenging it was for us to maintain the data center at scale, provide the SLAs like we could not actually at our size, especially back then, actually build the data center capacity to do it. We actually ended up rolling those customers back, but that vision stayed sort of in, like, deeply ingrained in in our, in our in my mind. And when uh, the partnership with Google became a thing and then Google Apps was launched, we're yes. like, wow, this is Google doing exactly what we were trying to deliver years before, two or three years before on our own. So absolutely. that's our connection with Citrix.
0: No, absolutely, because back then it was the ASP market. It was the application service provider market that was trying to take off. Unfortunately, from a hardware standpoint, it didn't scale, obviously, like it does today. So the ROI wasn't really there for people to go at scale.
1: For us to be able to take something to market, like G Suite at the time, and now, of course, cloud and maps and everything else, in a a way that we didn't have to build and maintain the infrastructure ourselves, was like a dream come true from a business model standpoint. I mean, so that's why we've been so enamored with this since, you know, 2006, 2007. It's really changed the landscape of our business, but we witnessed the the whole industry shifting along the way, which has been really exciting.
0: Yeah, and myself, right? If you look at my career, that's always been really what I've been into from a market standpoint was, you know, really trying to, being able to get access to, you know, your information, your applications from anywhere
1: across any device. And VMware, the time at VMware. At VMware, yeah, so at VMware,
0: I started at a time where they were first getting started into the SI, GSI market Mm -hmm. and so helped shape that, but then also moved out to the field to run the sales team around end user computing. Mm -hmm. at that time, if you look at VMware, they developed a VDI, right? So virtual desktop infrastructure. But if you think about it, who cares about a desktop? It's not like you wake up in the morning and you say, hey, I've got to go ahead and run Microsoft Windows today. Mm -hmm. What you say is, I've got to get access to the spreadsheet, or Mm -hmm. there's this presentation that I need to edit, or this Mm -hmm. document. And so that's really what it's about, is getting access to those applications from anywhere. And that's what VMware didn't understand. But then when they started investing more into the EUC market, then they figured that out. And then of course,
1: took off like wildfire. So much you can do on a browser. Obviously you have a Chromebook here. Yep. Um, Almost every computer, is a glorified web browser yes. today and of yes. course the applications have caught up that wasn't always the case you know years prior um, and in healthcare and other verticals, there's still some you know remnants of desktop applications. Yeah.
0: You look at the Epics and the Cerner's yeah. of today, you're right? They still have some legacy-based applications. Cerner had the Millennium application forever. It was built 500 different modules, and now what they've been doing over the years is taking each of those modules and making them so they can be deployed through clouds. Right. Epic's not there yet, but they know that they need to be. Yeah. They will have to be there, right? In 2002, they got Kaiser, which put them on the map. Mm-hmm. They took off like wildfire, but now. They need to embrace the cloud or else they're going to be left behind.
1: For sure. Um, I think healthcare is one of the most exciting uh, verticals, I think, that's ripe for complete disruption. And um, that's just one one side of it is, is sort of uh, the the EHR, EMR systems. But there's there's a lot going on. And I know it's a big focus for Google. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Healthcare, really, if you look at the verticals out there, it's it's retail. It's healthcare, it's financial services, and then of course the, the media and entertainment market, mm-hmm. um, which has taken off like wildfire for for Google. I'd say if you look at retail, some of our biggest customers are are on retail, mm-hmm. and you know there's there's not any question as to as to why, <laughs> as
1: to why yeah. right? I mean
0: you you've got AWS <laughs> out there, and the retailers are asking themselves why yeah. Yeah. would I invest with AWS, who would end up competing with me. And so it's a, it's a great market for us to invest with them and create a
1: partner. One of our favorite customers is Shipped, who has enabled Target in partnership to compete with Prime and Next Day Delivery. So like you see all these innovation uh, things happening and taking shape. And I think that's one of the most exciting things about working with Google and the Google Cloud is because customers who choose this journey, I, I always say, generally choose, they're deliberately choosing the, the most disruptive path. To themselves. Yes. And I think that's such a bold thing for our customers to do.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, if you look at, you mentioned the healthcare side, if you look at that, and it's public information now, right? You know, so Mayo Clinic is mm-hmm. one that, you know, we've decided to invest in and, and also vice versa. And, you know, together, it's a, it's a partnership that will, will, you know, ultimately be something revolutionary for mm-hmm. for the healthcare market out there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's much more than about, like, how do you serve electronic medical records? It's, it's like, how do you actually transform patient outcomes? Right. <laughs> it's such a, such a bigger, you know, ambition. And I think that's, that's how, you know, not every customer thinks right away when they're talking to us, um, usually jointly, because there's a lot of co-selling going on with, you know, your field and our field. But it's what we soon help them get to. I think just intellectually about the potential of that conversation. Well,
0: yeah, and and it's also you know who are you selling to, right? For, so for for the for the longest time, it was selling to IT. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but now the business has definitely gotten involved, and so you know the if you look at the business landscape out there, they what they're basically saying is. I don't want to just run my business. I want to grow my business. That's right. So all the reason to go ahead and embrace cloud, but also to get the business side and for business and IT to work together to create that common goal.
1: We like to make heroes out of the IT organization. Yes, that's our that's our charter. Yep. I think we've ebbed and flowed. We used to be only sell to IT. Then for a period, that was like, IT has no control. Just to, just sell to line of business. Forget about it's IT. Be both. That didn't work either. So now it's like we finally got to a point where actually we bring them together in the same room with all the stakeholders. And, you know, those business leaders are starting to understand that everyone's, you know, their organization, no matter what they do, they are an IT organization. They are in technology. Yep. If they want to be relevant. Yes. And they want to continue to grow. And I think that's such a meaningful charter and journey for us. Like to see these customers that we've work with together that are completely different organizations two or three years after choosing down the uh, the Google path, that's, that's super meaningful. That's one of the things
0: that we have to do as a company is help also reduce risk. Yes. Right. So, I mean, if, if you look at it, right, AWS was out there first, Microsoft of course jumped in and you know, they've had the legacy enterprise market, you know, so, so we are third. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, customers ask themselves, "Well, well, why Google? And so a lot of it is, is going in there and selling to the business Mm -hmm. also bringing it along as well, but also reducing risk. And the way that we do that is you just can't do it through Google alone. Mm -hmm. You have to work with partners and the way that partners help reduce risk is obviously showcasing their skills, Mm -hmm. but also bringing true solutions to market where they've done this before. And, um, we do a phenomenal job of going in and presenting the overall Google proposition, right? And the customer sits back and they're like, wow, this is awesome. This yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. But what we don't do or what we don't truly know how to do is do the how. Mm-hmm. So I always call that the wow to how journey. <laughs> and that's where the partners come into play to go ahead and help bridge that gap yeah. and then take them through you know, how how you actually get there and do that from a solution-based standpoint.
1: When that's well orchestrated, it's such a great customer experience. And that's what we always aim to to have like this lens of the customer experience. When we are selling with Google, what is the optimal experience? And when it's done well, it's 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 amazing. Yes. And I think the the challenge has been, I think, amplified by Google Cloud Platform itself, which is this sort of variable consumption with 200 different types of offerings. Many of them knew that customers have never tried, right. um, and uh, when we were called upon by uh, by aspects of our Google Cloud partnership that were challenging partners to actually build uh, safe, low-risk packaged offerings, right. like how to get started. Yes, and I think that's another great way for our customers to feel that they're not, you know, taking too great of a risk if we can right. say, look. For 50K, we'll move 50 VMs and 10 terabytes of data it's, as your first entry point in GCP.
0: Yeah, so it's great for our customers, but it's not only great for our customers, it's also great for our internal sales, right? Because yeah. we're hiring so many new people, and so they also wanna get their head around in terms of how do I go to market, who are the right partners, and what's easy to understand and consume You know, when I go out and pitch. Um, you know, basically, to my customer base, yeah, and, and so that, and that's what you've done a fantastic job at is being able to go ahead and not only package that up for the customer side, but also for our own internal sales force. That was the intention.
1: We, we we want we want to put things in the bag of the sellers that literally is like a portfolio of partner capabilities. Okay, right. Sata's good at these things, and these other partners are good at these other things, and it gives them a talking point and it gives them a uh, something to put in front of their customers once once they understand it. And we have, of course, packages around Anthos and right. databases, database migration and, and virtual machine machine migration. That's a start, I think we're gonna produce more. Yeah. But I think it's definitely, uh, what's interesting is uh, we're having more cloud implementation conversations than ever. We actually had, I think, a record month with uh, GCP serv- services revenue at SADA, which is great. What's, what I was thinking would happen, which is people would just buy the package. Right. <laughs> I thought it would just be order forms for the package. It's actually creating a lot more uh, deeper conversations in the right. package. It's, yeah. it's sort of a good starting point, point. and maybe that was just me na- being naive and thinking people would just be like, "I want exactly this package." But everyone wants to customize right. or combine, mm-hmm. which is actually not a bad thing.
0: Yeah. But it's a, in essence, it's a Trojan horse to help start that overall conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and you also met, mentioned G Suite, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. The, the biggest conversations have been around GCP and that makes sense. But um, if you look at who we're hiring and we're bringing in, mm-hmm. there's a lot of individuals who have that true enterprise experience. Also a lot of people that come from Microsoft, yes. you know, all the more reason to not only just focus on GCP, but also focus on the G suite side and have that as an, as an entire solution. And that's a transformational discussion. For sure. And um,
1: it's yeah. also what we've been doing the longest, basically along with sort of enterprise search, but, G Suite was our first big business, right. and we've been doing that since 2007. Actually, in Chicago, near and dear to my heart, two of my like most memorable projects were our first ever G Suite project, okay, and the second ever ever by anyone was Northwestern University. Nice. And the biggest school district ever to be deployed on Google uh, G Suite was also and still is Chicago Public Schools. Yeah. So.
0: And if and if you look at those G Suite customers they're always happy yes. and it goes back to the wow to how. So now they want to know, okay, what's that next stage what, in the journey? Can do? Exactly. Yes. And all the more reason to be able to go in and have that conversation of GCP and then all the different areas of where GCP can help.
1: The one way that we know that Google's dead serious about G Suite, I think Javier Soltero. Yes being hired yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, report- and reporting directly to yes. Thomas Korean. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I
0: think you posted something on LinkedIn about that right when it
1: happened. I did and I was interviewed <laughs> around it and I'm probably one of the few in the ecosystem that has met him and remembers him from the Microsoft era. Because right. I met him pretty soon after that acquisition of his app and I was kind of at a table with him. I forgot what event it was, but I was like, oh my God, they've just acquired this company and put this person in charge of Outlook and then they put him in charge of Office, and now he's at Google running G Suite. That's a pretty bold statement by Thomas I Absolutely,
0: yeah, I mean, when we, when I go through my forecast, there's really three big areas that I look at. You know, G Suite is number one, GCP is number two, SAP is number three. Mm. Now, not necessarily ranked in that, in that order, but those are the three big areas, Great yes, levels. that we look at.
1: Yeah, and we're looking forward to 2020. Obviously, it's always funny uh, coordinating around year-end is interesting because we all have a bunch of business to close and we're on the calendar fiscal just like google is so yep. we're very well coordinated around that and then um and then of course accelerate comes in january which for the first time the ever first time ever partners are invited that's right so thank you Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're we've always kind of held you know side events <laughs> as, as sada we've had like a unsanctioned you know social gathering right around your sales kickoffs, but this is the first time right. we're formally gonna be in session. And you know that's something that uh, when Rob Enslin spoke to the Partner Advisory Council a couple weeks ago in New York, he was very proud of. Right. And he was very adamant, I think, with uh, just everybody at Google that that was an important, not only just an important statement, but important step towards getting us completely aligned as far as partner sales, Google sales and to create that um, one team mentality that hopefully 2020 will be like the biggest year that that happens in.
0: I think it's gonna be incredible, right? So when I was at Delphix, this was something that I implemented for the first time and we didn't know, we had no idea who would show up. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause one of the things is we did not allow MDF to help pay for airfare and travel. But people still showed up in droves. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, for Google, this is the very first time, and I believe we're going to find the same exact thing. You know, the That's outpouring true. I'm hearing from the partner community is that this is something that, like you said, they've wanted for a long time. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, partners are an extension of our sales force. And so, That's partners true. should be hearing the same marching orders that our direct sales force is getting, you know, at that time of sales kickoffs. And now they'll be able to you know, all the sessions that they are able to attend. The partners are going to be able to attend as well. You know, Kirsten is going to have her kickoff on Wednesday. Partners will be able to hear Kirsten's message and what that means. And so I think it's going to be fantastic.
1: Just this restructure that happened this year with Kirsten that, you know, that you and your teams and our teams and PSMs and like, we're all kind of rolling up in market under the sales organization. That's what we've always wanted. We want to be an extension of Kirsten's organization. I kind of feel like we work for Google anyway. (laughs) And now structurally, it actually works that way as opposed to rolling up separately into some other global org, right? So uh, being so U.S. and Canada-focused, especially Asada, I think this is just like... A dream come true structurally.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've been at Google now seven weeks, eight weeks, so not a long time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. But what I've heard from the Googlers that have been here for a while is, you know, now you're having the partner sales teams on all the same calls as the direct sales teams, so it's mm-hmm. providing much more of a linkage and getting the teams to work closer together.
1: Yeah, this is the this is the tightest we felt. In 13 years and we've seen all iterations of not only Google Cloud leadership, but different, you know, channel leadership and the current uh, teams up to, you know, Carol Lee's organization and Nina's organization. And of course, Rob and TK and Kirsten and Janet, like really kind of gelling, gelling, you know, exceptionally well. Yeah, it's great. And the other thing we're finding is um,
0: the direct sales teams are wanting to find out more, You know who are the partners that they should work with? Mm-hmm. And part of it is because we're hiring so many new individuals yeah. and they are open and willing and want to work with, with partners. So going back to you know, what you described in terms of the offer that you made of the 50K you know, fixed mm-hmm. price, again, getting that out to our internal sales team so they know who SADA is, is, is working like wildfire.
1: Well, a lot of the new hires also, come from ecosystems where partners played a, a yes. significant role. Yep. So they're actually accustomed to that motion. Right. That hasn't always been the case at Google or Google Cloud, right? Like, um, but but this is definitely that new kind of generation of not only leaders, but people, people in the field that come from wherever, VMware, SAP, Microsoft. They've always gone to market with partners. That's I think that helps us like, uh, as opposed to the value proposition of a partner, we can just focus on the value proposition of SADA right. specifically because we don't have to sell them on a concept of why a partner is important. Yes. <laughs> I think it takes a lot of the work out. Yeah, the
0: education that I'm finding internally is, you know, what do the partners do, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have some partners that just want to resell, mm-hmm. but they don't have a services arm. You'll have mm-hmm. some partners that have a services arm and then some partners like yourself that, that do both. Mm-hmm. And um, so they want to understand, you know, the pluses and minuses. Yeah of why they would go with one over the other. And then of course, you know, where they have done deals around Google. You yes. know, we talked about reducing risk, right? Yes. They want to go with a trusted advisor, not only to the customer side, but trusted to Google, knowing that they've done
1: good work. I think this question of what a partner does is so interesting because again, SADA just celebrated 19 years. Yeah. So we come from like on-premise, like .dot .NET application development to reselling hardware to our managed services clients, to cloud and both Google and Microsoft, you know, until of course March where we sold the Microsoft business unit. But we've seen like the role of partners evolve. I think cloud is actually creating a new category of partner, yep. which is very difficult to pigeonhole in the old model. Because yep. we were for many years, like you're either an SI or you're a reseller, or you're an MSP, or you're a VAR, or whatever, right? Like these traditional names. Right. When I look at our value to the market and to Google, I really look at the entire customer lifecycle because the cloud journey never ends. Yeah. And I look at like from how can we source the most amount of business to getting a really good conversion rate to the opportunities that either Google brings to us or we source to just running the evaluation process exceptionally well, running that first workload, first phase really, really well. And then I measure it in terms of renewals, customer success, technical account management, growth, and managed services. So this lifetime view is I think birthing partners like maybe more like SADA, I don't know. I think we have some things that are super unique, but I think the best customer experience is if a partner can do all of those things really well. So, so again, from the lens of customer experience, like what if a partner could make the first introduction to Google, help you evaluate the technology, create alignment with line of business and technical leadership, can provide commercial terms and the resale agreement, and deliver and support for the lifetime across all parts of Google Cloud? Right. Like That's the kind of organization we're trying to build and we're building. Um, but but I think that was that was not possible before cloud.
0: I'd, I'd say you're a little bit different, a lot different. What I mean by that is you're, you're a transformational partner. And there's a lot of, like you talked about the resellers mm-hmm. and all the different buckets. There's a lot of partners out there that haven't made that change, right? There's still partners mm-hmm. out there that haven't decided to truly invest in cloud. Yeah. And, you know, those that have started to dabble, they dabbled with who's number one, mm-hmm. which is AWS, mm-hmm. or they've dabbled with Microsoft because they have a Microsoft practice mm-hmm. and that's what they grew up on. But now what we're finding is that there are partners out there that are wanting to make that change. Again, they're not necess- they are not don't necessarily know how. Mm-hmm. They are reaching out to, to Google. I'll give you an example. So there was a partner out there that uh, has won awards around AI and machine learning. Yeah, And um, they've won those awards from a Microsoft standpoint. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, hey, you know, we're, we're hearing from our customers that they want to invest in this, but they want to invest in it around Google. Wow. And, um, you know, we want to find out more and, you know, what that means, you know, from a partner standpoint on, on how we can, you know, jump into this game with you.
1: Partner events today versus years ago. I mean, you can't, uh, the groundswell of interest. Again, I think um, maybe partners sometimes underestimate kind of what it takes to be all in. You know, and I guess not, you know, not every partner is willing to burn the ships in the harbor to do it. Right. Um,
0: And and part of it is, you know, understanding the programs, mm -hmm. making sure that they're accessible, but also that a partner can make money. You know, at the end of the day, the technology, yes, you want to be able to sell a technology that you can build solutions around. that's revolutionary, brings innovation but you also have to make money at the end of the day. And so if you look at the new programs that have come out from Google, that's a big piece of it as well.
1: No, I agree. The programs are more partner friendly than ever and continue to get better. And there's also kind of a a sort of a um, different levels being created for wherever wherever the partner is, right? Are they coming from the technology side, from the managed services side? And I think, you're right. It's not one size fits all. Yeah, I think, you know, on the select and even the enterprise other ecosystems have leaned very, very heavily on the GSIs exclusively. Yeah. And I totally believe and I came up with the first time Rob and I talked as well cuz emphasis on GSI is actually really important. Yeah. From the credibility standpoint. Market credibility. Sure. The market needs to be the, you know, GSIs and with Google those Cloud. Accounts already. And they're in those accounts. Yeah. And it's cool to market with them cuz it just gives the whole market, I think, validation. Um but again, I think there's just different appetites, even on the largest customers, in terms of how they want to start. They don't. They don't always want to start with a five million dollar project. Right. Right. They want to start with hundred k and 150 k and prove the technology. So I think this is the best time ever for non-GSI partners. I think to make a big impact because of again the economics that the cloud has enabled.
0: It also goes back to what I was describing of wow to how. Right. So a lot of times people ask, okay, where do I start? How can I bring value right to the Salesforce? Well, if you look at our vertical markets out there, right. If you look at the retail side, if you look at healthcare, if you look at financial services, what we don't have truly are that storyboard Mm -hmm. of you know how to get there from a different solution standpoint. And so from a partner side that is definite value that they could bring is creating those solutions around those different verticals, helping bring to market and pitch alongside, you know, with our sales force on that journey within those different.
1: So we're talking business. We're not just talking technology. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's super important. We hired our first vertical specialist in healthcare. Yep. It's obvious for us why healthcare, because that's where a lot of our customers already were. And obviously we're excited about the transformation, but I see us creating other um, vertical specialty teams as well. Uh, Because I think you're precisely right is that the conversation is definitely shifting from business value and business outcomes. And customers want to know, do you do what we think we need and have you done it for someone that looks like us?
0: Right, Right. and they don't want to necessarily know about the 3,000 services that you have introduced over the, the year, right?
1: no. They don't care right. at all. Yep. Have you done it for someone that looks like me? Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. 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 And who do you have on your team that can speak intelligently about this? Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, we're, we're excited about that. And I, I think our investment trajectory has been massive. And we're just trying to keep up with you guys. The level of field coverage is breakneck speed. Like every time I turn around, there's...
0: Well, it's amazing the investments people. that you've made, right? If you look at those investments, they're where. You know, we have people where we have offices, and also different locations where maybe we don't have an office, but we need leverage, and uh, and that's something that's definitely appreciated.
1: It's hard to keep up with you guys, <laughs> but it's fun. I enjoy it uh, thoroughly. Um, just like Chicago presence, I think is amazing. I mean, we've had customers here for years, and just opening an office in the last you know year and a half has been. Uh, great sign and i think uh just at the beginning of the of the investments we're gonna we're gonna have in north central um you, you mentioned something and i want to double click into this because yep. i because i ask everyone who's you know recent to google you talked about partners coming to you guys saying you know our customers are asking about specific things that google does uniquely well yep. um, obviously you had a choice as to as to where to go and the Google role was going to be logistically complicated for you. Talking about moving from Raleigh to Chicago, those those kind of things. But you chose Google for a reason. What were the deciding factors that made you actually come to Google Cloud? Where I know that you know you had choices of where to go next in your career.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the uh, I think the opportunity is massive. And and what I mean by that is, you know, if you look at my career. I've always gone to, you know, organizations that are more in the the build and on the ramp. And, you know, Google's not number one in cloud right now. Mm. They're not. Mm. And, um, you know, coming into that, I knew that. But that's an exciting time because that means that if everything is done correctly, not even everything, you're going to make some mistakes along the way. But if the majority of things are done correctly, you're going to be on for a wild ride and one of growth, you know, beyond you know, anything that you could truly, truly imagine. And you get the chance to compete, right? I remember when I was at VMware, you'd wake up in the morning, you know, your enemy is Microsoft, you'd go ahead, you compete against Microsoft, you go to bed, you rinse and repeat. And we know who our competitors are. And the other competitor is what I mentioned about from my Citrix days is, you know, those companies that haven't necessarily started that cloud journey. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they're just not ready yet, you know, for, for whatever reason. And so, you know, that's the other competitor that a lot of times we don't think about.
1: I, I actually like being number one um, eventually. Oh, eventually. But I think number three is great right now. Right now. Because, you know, and, and this has been the case for years, like there's a there's a lot of evidence to support the fact that Google Cloud has the best technology yep. and has had the best technology for many years. I think it's uh, the rest is up to execution. And I think that's what TK and Rob are here to do. That's why they're bringing on people like you um, who have uh, done this before in other ecosystems. And I wake up every day excited. I pinch myself because we're in this period of time for the next decade that there's unlimited demand for cloud and for Google cloud as well, meaning... um, how big Google Cloud can get is, is strictly up to our execution ability. That's correct. Because there's no demand side problem. Yeah. And how rare is that in any business in the world to know that for the next five to 10 years, there's going to be more demand than supply of our ability to serve the market?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going back to your question, right? I see Google, Google Cloud as, as a startup. With mm-hmm. a lot of different means from a financial standpoint to innovate and and also be able to invest right. in partners, um, and then also one with a plan, right? You know, so to your point, we don't want to be number three forever, mm-hmm. right? So we have a plan in place to get to number one, mm-hmm. and that was something that was important to me as well um, that that plan was in place, so we have something to execute upon and not just you know leave it up to whatever.
1: Well, Urs has said that by 2020, Google will be known as a cloud company first. Yes. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really happy that you were on Cloud and Clear.
0: I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me.
1: And uh, I'm uh, really looking forward to the work we're going to do in North Central and Canada together. Absolutely. And the
0: uh, the sales teams love you. So thanks for your investment. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.